You are listening to the audio portion of the QB Power Hour webinar series. The QB Power Hour is a free bi-weekly webinar series for accounting professionals presented by Michelle Long and Dan DeLong, who are very passionate about the industry, QuickBooks, and apps that integrate with QuickBooks. You can find out all the details about the webinar series at qbpowerhour.com. So without further ado, here's Michelle and Dan. Hey everybody for joining us for another QB Power Hour. Really glad to have you joining us today. Common mistakes in QuickBooks and sharing how to fix those with you. That's the time of year we're in is where we're cleaning up a lot of things. So I hope it's very timely information for you. My name is Michelle Long. I'm a CPA and I've been a contract trainer for Intuit for, gosh, over 10 years, close to 20. Anyway, a long time. I can't remember. <laughs> anyway, I'm very glad to have you joining me and Dan here today. So thank you for joining us. Dan, you want to tell them a little bit about yourself? Yeah, my name is Dan DeLong, uh, formerly of Intuit. I was thinking this morning, uh, I, was, I would say I'm, I'm the collector of, of Intuit shirts uh, because <laughs> we, we certainly worked for shirts there. Um, was there for about almost uh, almost 18 years in tech support, um, left in 2018 and, and partnered with Michelle as the can man of the Power Hour. Uh, so I'll be able to tell you what QuickBooks can do and she'll tell you what QuickBooks should do. And that's what we're going to be talking about with some uh with, with today with um, with some common mistakes, uh, you know, tis the month of January, busy time for people to be doing a lot of cleanup work. Uh, so lot, you'll be coming across a lot of these common mistakes and hopefully it'll it'll help you make some quick work uh, as, as we get to the end of the hour today. Hopefully we'll pick up something new uh, maybe that you didn't know. Yes, hopefully. All right. So just a little bit about our QB Power Hour webinar series. They are every other Tuesday, always at noon Eastern time. And I want to thank Dan for doing such a fabulous job. He's got us scheduled out almost for like the next because there's not room. But anyway, so just mark it a calendar every other Tuesday. And you can always go to the website and check it out and see what's coming next. Um, and then... Uh, you know, we also have a slide in just a minute about the new texting so you can find out what's coming next. But we always yeah. talk about QuickBooks desktop, online marketing, a variety of topics. There's all the links for the slides on the go now. Thanks to Dan for that. And do you want to remind him about our new texting feature? Yeah. yeah. So you can uh, you can stay in touch with, with us. Um, you're not actually texting uh, myself or Michelle directly. <laughs> uh, but it's a, it's a textable uh, toll-free number. You can just text QBPH. Uh, to that number, 833-395-QBPH. Um, and you can access uh, prior recordings, see the upcoming schedule, suggest an upcoming topic. We're always open for, for feedback. It's a great way to communicate, uh, communicate with us uh, that way, uh, mobily, directly on your phone. Yes. And I just signed up for it too. And I'm testing it out and all that. So you guys go sign up for it as well. You could do that after we get done here today. But what Dan and I are going to cover today is and um, try to talk about desktop and online whenever there's any differences. But we're going to talk about the overview, the month in review, undeposited funds, always a big one, opening balance equity, item account mappings, bank feeds, misapplied payments, and negative account balances. So we've got a lot of things to cover. And you might notice you don't see some common things on, on there like reclassified transactions or the write-off invoices tool. And the reason for that, Dan and I have covered that before, and a lot of you already know that. So we were trying to cover some things that you might encounter as you go through year in cleaning up client files, things that you may not know how to do these things yet. So first of all, Dan, you want to kick us off on a poll? What version of so, QuickBooks are you using? Yeah, Michelle, you you, you seem to be going in and out. Uh, I'm not sure what uh, 
what's what's happening with the as far as the technical issues maybe if you just want to stop your video i know that's uh that's such a that's such a uh, big ask of you to turn off your video <laughs> oh you know I, I hate that video <laughs> but you're right i keep getting a little message that says your internet is unstable so i don't know why but i i will kill the video um okay. so you guys can see how short my hair used to be <laughs> <laughs> Right, it's like the before and after. I know. I haven't got a haircut. Not because I'm, you know, afraid or anything like that. But I realized that when it was longer, I could put it up in a ponytail for summer and things like that. So I just let it go. Wow. Anyway, back to QuickBooks. So what version of your of QuickBooks are you all using? And Dan and I, as we go throughout this webinar today, like when I'm demoing, I'm probably going to be in QuickBooks Online, but we will point out if it's the same or different in QuickBooks Desktop. And Dan's going to be sharing some, you know, screenshots and, and things from desktop. So we will be talking about both of those as we go along, particularly pointing out any differences between the two. All right. And it looks like... Um... QuickBooks Online is uh, the only version that is the single version that is that is ahead of the, uh, but but both is definitely uh, leading the pack here. So I'm going to go ahead and end the poll here and share the results. So yeah, about 47 people uh, are uh, 47 percent, excuse me, uh, are using both. So this will be this will come in handy for for both QuickBooks Online and Desktop. Uh, but then des uh, online then Desktop. And then whatever my client's using. So we may have a few zero folks on the line here. <laughs> <laughs> we don't say that on this QB power hour. <laughs> right. Anyway. Okay. All right. So let's go ahead. And I did close another window or two to help with the bandwidth issue. Um, somebody said, turn your video back on. You know what? I'm going to try going without the video for a while. Um, anyway. Okay. So let's talk first of all about some tools that we now have available in QuickBooks online that really help us find and fix some of these mistakes faster. I've got the screenshots here, but I'm going to go through them kind of quickly because that's for your reference later. What I really want to do is go into QuickBooks and just show them to you and talk about it. So first of all, we've got this great overview section that allows us to get a glance and, and kind of see what we're dealing with when it comes to that client file. And you can get an idea of some problems that they might be having by looking at the overview. And again, I'm going to go in in just a minute and you'll see the common issues where it's pointing out to you that some things that you need to point to pay attention to. So we'll come back to that and I'll go into QuickBooks and show you it in just a second because I also want to show you the month end review that is now available. Now, I know what a lot of you are going to do. You like to follow along and go look in your QuickBooks as well, or you like to go to the sample company and look as well. When we're talking about the month end review, it is not available in Craig's design in the sample company. It's not available in the sample company, and it's also not available in your books. So you'll see it when you have a client company open. If you have your own company under your books opened, you will not have month-end review. I know to it, your feedback because we can't control that. Um, so yeah, send, send them your feedback. So anyway, we're going to go through this month-end review, and there's a lot of different issue, you know, a lot of slides here again showing you so you can refer back to it, but I just want to go ahead and pop in and show it to you. So let me get into a sample company that we have called Larry's Landscaping. And this is a sample company that us trainers have created for demo purposes. So you don't have access to it. And if you see things that look really weird, that's because it's it's a sample company and we don't do things 
the right way. For example, we got a bunch of accounts down here that have never been reconciled, or this one hasn't been reconciled since 2016. We've been using Larry's for quite a while. <laughs> um, but the idea is when you're in the client overview at a glance, you can see the banking activity and you can see, are they up to date? Have they reconciled? Are they current? Things like that. So at a glance, you can kind of check some of that out. And then when you scroll farther down, you're going to find common issues, undeposited funds. We're going to talk about that in just a second um, and how to fix those because things should go in undeposited funds and then back out. So we'll talk about that in a minute. Any uncategorized transactions, assets, income, or expenses, you'll see that here, but you're also going to see some of this in the month end review where you can click and go in and fix those transactions as well. The aging, you can get an idea if you need to write off some um, old invoices, things like that. Opening balance equity, we're going to talk about later. Negative asset liability accounts, Dan's going to talk about later. So we're going to talk about a lot of these issues throughout the session today. And then down at the very bottom, you can also see the transaction volume. And the thing of this, a lot of people always want to know, you know, how many transactions does a client have for a certain period of time? And the problem with this is you have no idea like an expense. Is an expense just a transaction that you downloaded from their credit card charges, in which case it's very, very little time? Or are you entering as an expense a purchase of inventory and it has 10 lines with items and quantities? equal. Um, so it's really hard, you know, to time or anything like that based on their transaction volume. But you do have that information available if you need it. But let's go ahead and look at the um, month in review. So when you come in here under the month in review, and you can access it from your left hand navigation bar over here, or from your accountant tools, you can see month end review. Okay, so you can see those there. Um, uh, two different ways to access it. So first of all, you can choose which month you're looking at, tra transaction review. Here's where you can review any of those downloaded bank transactions because you want to make sure that all the downloaded transactions have been added or matched, you know, so that you're current with all the activity. And then I love this, open issues, uncategorized transactions. So what happened is this came through the bank feed as Pull it up. See how it says uncategorized expense? It came through feed and nobody said which account or which category to assign it to. So they just went and clicked add and QuickBooks then assigns it to uncategorized expense. And so it's going to show you that. So I could come in here and reclassify this, let's say to job expenses and save and close. So add a, one little click here, it'll bring up these transactions to allow you to fix them. So uncategorized transactions, be it an, an asset, an income, or expense, all of those are going to show up in uncategorized. Transactions without a payee. Again, I can click on this real quickly, and I can choose a payee name. Like, I think we have a Bob the Builder out here, so let's just choose Bob. And so I can go in here and choose the go ahead and click even close. And I hear some people saying I'm kind of stopping and starting. So hopefully it's going to be okay. Payment that was received and it's not applied to an invoice or maybe you have a bill payment that's not applied to a bill. You could go in here and you could click on that again and go apply that to an invoice if there's an open invoice available for it. Sometimes you will have an open credit sitting out there for a little while, but this allows you to review the transactions and clean up things that need to be cleaned up. And then this is awesome. I love this of the status of these 
like let's say I'm waiting because I need to ask the client something. Um, so you can keep track of the status of these as well. And then down here at the bottom, additional items. Anything that you want to check out for that client that there's not, you know, a, a list, this is where you can add things on your list. Let's say my client is, is bad about giving um, employees in advance on their paycheck. You know, it's times are hard and people may ask, hey, can I have a $500 advance or something? So the client might give them an advance, but they forget to tell you and you need to know so you can set up the the withholding to, to withhold to take it back out of their paycheck. So let's say you want to say review EE advances to see if they've put anything in there. Um, and you can give a link name, employee advances, details, review for new advances, you know, whatever it is you want. Then this is super cool. You can go. So here I have the register for employee advances. I can copy the link. Let's say I want them to review this to see if there's anything new out there. Come over here and I can click and copy and paste that QuickBooks page link and save this. So now not only do I have a to-do item of things that you need to do, I've got a link that will take me directly to that area of QuickBooks so that you can go in and work on it. And again, you can keep track of your status for these things. Over here, if you click, this is where you can delete or edit one of these. Like if you wanted to go edit and copy and paste the link in there. For so I love that. So we have that on your transaction review. Then you can get into the account reconciliation and it's a similar thing. You can review all the, the accounts that need to be reconciled and then you can add additional down here. For example, we should reconcile the employee advances, reconcile EE advances. And I could go do the same thing in here and put a link in there and all that. Um, so that you're reconciling so you know when the employee advance has been repaid and then you can take it off of the payroll and stop deducting for that. So you've got that account reconciliation and then your final review where you've got reports and all that information. And again, you could add additional things on there to run a report of open employee advances if you want to, similar to open client retainers. So these two tools here, the overview and the month end review, they're awesome. I really like this stuff um, because it really helps us to see and clean things up. And back at the virtual QuickBooks Connect that we had, Areej told us that for those clients' books, when people use more accurate, so you catch things and, and you're able to fix them quickly and easily, and the books are five times as accurate as they are without it. So I encourage you to do and use that month-end review if you haven't started using it yet. And if you're using QuickBooks Desktop, you'll want to use the client data review. There's lots of tools in there to help you find and fix things like find and fix sales taxes that were uh, paid incorrectly, troubleshoot inventory to find negative inventory balances and things like that. Dan and I did a webinar on using the accountant tools and desktop online good webinar that goes over details of using reclassified transactions tool and things like that. So there's a link where you can go watch that. So I would uh, encourage you to go back and check that out. Okay. Um, undeposited or frozen too. So my internet yeah. is choppy. Am I so, too, well, am I too choppy yeah. or should I keep yeah, go ahead, go ahead um, and, and keep going because what, what happens is it, it may freeze. It freezes for a second, but then it catches up. Um, you, you sound like you're talking really fast as okay. the internet is catching up to reality. Uh, so, you know, just bear that in mind that, you know, if, you, if, if uh, Michelle's audio goes out, it will catch up. Uh, so I'm not going <laughs> to inter interrupt okay. her and, and do anything like that, but it, it, just so, you know, this is the uh, penalty of doing a live webinar 
Uh, <laughs> okay. So, um, so we're making do with what we what we have here. But you you are being heard. It just you you sound like a chipmunk uh, for a couple seconds when <laughs> as it's when getting it comes to reality. <laughs> Gosh, and I talk fast to begin with. Okay. Well, I've <laughs> only got a couple more things to talk about, and then Dan's taking over anyway. So, undeposited funds. I'm not going to go over this too long because I know a lot of you already know how to fix undeposited funds. But for those of you that don't know this. Never do a journal entry to try to fix undeposited funds because it's like a dog chasing its tail and you just go round and round in circles and you go in to make a deposit and boom, up pop all those undeposited funds payments still sitting there. So the way that you can fix it, if you don't have too many, you can go back to that original deposit. All right. So this is a deposit where somebody did not select the payments to that were sitting in undeposited funds. So on the top half, you would check the two boxes there for cool cars and Freeman, select those payments that were received, and then come down to where somebody went ahead and, and posted it directly to an income account. You'll want to delete those two lines. So check off the to put on the deposit, check those two off, and then delete those two lines. So you can do that if there's only a few of them that you need to fix. However, Often when we find this, it's there's a lot of them that need correcting because the client's doing the wrong workflow. What typically happens is they may enter an invoice, they may even receive the payment, then they go look in their checking account and they don't see it in there because it's sitting in undeposited funds waiting for you to group it together with other payments to make one bank deposit. So what happens is they go post that deposit directly to an income account. So you need to do a little research, find out which income account were they posting these things to. Because if undeposited funds is overstated, your income account is also overstated. The way to fix this in batch when you have a lot of them is to go through, pull up a, a deposit and select the payments to deposit. Those invoices or those payments that were received and are sitting in undeposited funds, select them maybe month by month or year by year, depending how many of them you have. I had a client one time that had thousands of them out there and we went through and had to do it month because with desktop, you could only do so many before it. So anyway, we have the, um, we select the payments to be received. Then what you do is you look over on the right and where it says the total payments that you've selected to deposit, you're going to give amount for that on the add funds negative amount. So your net deposit is zero. What this does is it moves them out of undeposited funds and it offsets the overstatement of income and it doesn't affect your cash or your bank balance because they only deposited it one time. So that's how you clean up undeposited funds. You can go watch this. I did a video on this, gosh, five years ago on desktop, but the principles are still the same on how to clean this up and not mess up your bank deposit. Okay, so yeah, go through just, and clean up your undeposited a, uh... funds. It we just had a com a comment on your original video on this on this uh, cleanup process that's like seven years old, but just like five <laughs> five days ago, where it was like this is perfect, this is exactly what I needed, so it still holds true. Yes, uh, all that all that time, but. Uh, somebody asked a question, where is the undeposited funds correction again? Probably because it got lost in the, <laughs> in the, yeah. uh, in, in the, in the spottiness here, but yeah, you go in to make a deposit and you can either apply the, the payment at the top uh, and, and split things out. But, but if there's a lot of them, you can make a, a wash, uh, wash account at the bottom and then make a huge uh, deposit. $0 deposit is basically what you, what you're doing to get them out of undeposited funds. 
Yes. And um, I, I had a new circumstance uh, that came up just this last, uh, within the last couple of weeks, dealing with undeposited funds. The, uh, the accountant, uh, the tax accountant, he actually uh, created his own dog chasing his tail by creating an undeposited funds bank account. Uh, he created a brand new account called undeposited funds when there's already uh, an undeposited funds account in there and then put that to, to revenue. Uh, so it was, it was, a, a dog chasing a dog, chasing a dog. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. You know, do you want to go we ahead? We're looking at it. Do you want to go ahead and launch this poll question, Dan? Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, I've, I, I've come behind a CPA before who had done this lady's taxes and everything. She's, you know, really smart, knows taxes, but she didn't know QuickBooks. And there was hundreds of thousands of dollars sitting in undeposited funds. And uh, the, the client knew something was wrong and something wasn't looking right. And, you know, I had to tell her, I said, you need to file an amended tax return because you doubled your income inaccurately you know so it is important to you know pay attention to these things and you know i don't know taxes that well but i'm i reach out to others when i need help with that so if you need help with something in quickbooks you need to make to other people on how to fix it okay? yeah and it's so, a, um, a, a one thing we can do as well is, is drill in on um you could drill in on on a profit and a loss and uh and group by or sort by transaction type. And that's a good way to, um, to find if there is a potential problem brewing. Because uh, if you see invoices in the, in the revenue account, as well as deposits, then you kind of know, okay, there's, there's deposit, you know, they're depositing money directly into the revenue account. And they're possibly double, double stating their revenue by, by do, doing the correct workflow of invoice and payment, but not depositing those payments as, as they should. Right, right. All right, Dan. So I see a lot of people are like me and they don't do taxes either. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let me go ahead and uh, end and share. Yeah. So <laughs> and, and I love that second one. I have a referral partner for that. And that's what I did throughout the years is I had people that I would send tax work to and they would send me the QuickBooks cleanup and things like that because we, that way we both get to do what we like best. So I think that's awesome. All right. I'm going to go ahead, Dan, and go through a couple just this last thing here um, and then let you take over. So the other thing that you really want to pay attention to, and again, you can see this from that overview that I showed you is opening balance equity. This is a clearing account that you use when you're setting up QuickBooks to begin with, when you're putting in your beginning balances and things like that, when you're done with the setup process, OBE opening balance equity should be zero. Well, what happens is you did it right and you zeroed it out and then all of a sudden things start showing up in opening balance equity. So where did they come from? So there's a couple different things. You know, obviously somebody can post there, but I always try to rename it and say, don't use this account. You know, OBE, do not use or something like that or make it inactive so they don't use it. But if they go in and they enter an opening balance for a new account, customer, a vendor, product or service item, when they're setting it up and they put an opening balance in there. So let's say it's a, a new bank account, for example, and they put a $500 balance in there. It's going to debit the bank account and it says, what do I credit? I don't know what to credit. I'll put the difference to opening balance equity. 
Um, so, you know, same thing if they got a new customer and they put a balance in there, they'll, it'll go to accounts receivable and opening balance equity. So what you need to do to fix that is, first of all, you need to drill down into OBE, see where the balance is coming from. And then if it's a, a new account that was set up, delete that transaction. And instead, you'll want to record a deposit to the bank account and credit, you know, owner's contribution or whatever it was in a situation of a customer. Delete that transaction and you'll record the invoice. You set up the new customer and record the invoice to get the balance in there. So that's one way that you can clean things up. The other thing that can happen is when the client delete or somebody may not be the client, sometimes some of our team members will do it, but when somebody deletes or makes inactive a balance sheet account that had a balance. All right. So let's say you have a savings account and they make that account inactive. QuickBooks says, I need to write that balance off. What's my other side of the entry? I don't know. So I'll put it to opening balance equity. All right. So you can reactivate that account, edit the entry and write off that balance before you make that account inactive. All right. And then again, encourage your clients to not use this and you can rename the account OBE dash do not use, you know, so hopefully they won't do that. Um, then the other thing that's a common thing that we discover is sometimes their product or service items are not mapped correctly. And you can use the reclassified transactions tool to fix transactions when accounts are involved but not items. So if you have items and you need to fix the account mappings, it's important to let you know, and Dan and I wanted, that's one reason we wanted to share this with you. When you go in, let's say on an inventory item, and let's say you want to change the expense account, like here you can see maybe we were changing it from cost of goods sold to inventory shrinkage or, or whatever the situation is. When you change an account, either the income account, the expense account, or the asset account on an inventory item, it will automatically update all historical transactions, all meaning closed periods from the beginning of time. So be aware of that. On the other hand, so that's inventory. On inventory, it will automatically change them all. On um, service and non-inventory items, when you change the account, so here you can see I went in and I changed different. As soon as you change the account, it will put this little box that says also update this account in historical transactions. The problem is it's all or nothing. I wish it would be update the historical transactions as of January 1st of 2020, fix all of last year, but don't go back to the beginning of time. It does not do that. All right. So it's all or nothing. So be aware that it will change closed period. Top, it does it for all inventory items and non-inventory, right, Dan? All right. items it yeah. will ask you. Yeah, and it will give you that. It will give you that pop up. So a lot of times, uh, when in QuickBooks Online, you see on the on the right side where it has that also update this account on in historical transactions. Uh, that doesn't show up until you change the account. So uh, a lot of people miss that, especially if they're at the bottom of the scroll bar uh, and they just click on save and close, and then wonder why the account didn't change if they wanted it to. So you do have to kind of catch it. Uh, it's a little sneaky uh, sometimes. <laughs> I guess that's that's the technical term for it. It's a, it's a little sneaky checkbox that, that doesn't come up. You see on the screenshot there, as soon as you change the, the account, uh, uh, QuickBooks Desktop gives you a, a window that you have to acknowledge uh, that whether you want to say uh, yes to historical transactions or no or go back and, and make your change back to that. So that is um, 
that's one of the differences there with uh, with desktop. Yes. And okay. you stopped my video. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I thought I was just stopping on my end. <laughs> Oops. There we go. We're just was, having lots of uh, fun here working, uh, trying to figure I this was out. Trying, I was trying to help my bandwidth, but I, <laughs> I turned off Dan with. Yeah, you stopped mine. <laughs> I'm sorry. Dan, take over for me, please. I, I'm a mess over here. That's <laughs> uh, one of those things. Um, I've done my so, part, so yeah. <laughs> so we're going to launch the uh, the third uh, poll here. Uh, you know, this this year has seen a lot of change and a lot of a lot of businesses being Im impacted. And am I showing which screen am I showing? Am I you see the the island or a messy desktop? Because I'm still seeing. Um um um, I'm seeing an island. Okay, so that is what that's what I wanted to share. So let me great. Go ahead and, and I'm present. gonna I'm gonna answer Helen's Helen's question here. She says if a new client has QuickBooks Online and it has never been reconciled, is it best to start them with a new QBO or try to fix it? Everything is in undeposited funds. And Helen, that's hard to know because I don't know. It's never been reconciled. Like, is this for years? Because QBO has actually been around for a really long time, or is it never been reconciled? activity they have. And I, you know, I just can't tell you whether it's better to start over or not. Each client is going to be different and it requires you to go in and look. And this is where though, this tool, these tools, the overview and the month in review can help you see how much is in opening balance equity, how much is in undeposited funds, how many transactions, you know, are showing up as having to be corrected and stuff. So that can help you to take a look at some things. Um, but then ultimately it, it needs to be your decision of, what's the best way to do it. You do have to adjust to get some numbers for year end. So you're going to have to make some kinds of adjustments and then move forward doing things correctly from there on out. Yeah. And I, I to answer, uh, to piggyback on that question, um, I just posted a, a blog article that, um, that we did on, on School of Bookkeeping where we talk about, okay, when you want to create that line in the sand, how do I get to that point? So maybe I have last year's tax return and I want to tie it to that. Uh, we, we have a little workshop where we did just that. We, we, we have an Excel spreadsheet where you can take the, the trial balance from, from QuickBooks uh, and then tie that to the, to, uh, to the last year's tax return. And it will spit out the, uh, an Excel spreadsheet so that you can import that using like Transaction Pro Importer or something like that. So it's, uh, if you want to tie it together and basically say, forget last year, you know, they've already filed their taxes, uh, but I just want to tie it to that. You can, you can utilize that, that spreadsheet and download that. So, um, so yeah. So how many clients a year do you lose because they've gone out of business? Uh, less than 10% is, is about 50%. And I don't know if, uh, if we're thinking just 2020 here, or if we're thinking about, you know, just in general, uh, but, you know, about about less than 10 percent. So, you know, these these um, these choices or the, these, uh, these some of these mistakes may uh, may 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 lend to that. All right. So now we're going to talk about bank feeds and, and transfers. This this one comes up um, continually over and over again. Um, and this particularly happens when you have a transfer uh, between financial institutions when both sides are connected to the bank feeds. Um, and, and what happens, you know, there's some common, common examples of, you know, credit card payments where you have both, both accounts. Um, 
uh, both accounts connected where you've uh, create, created a, a, a payment uh, and it comes in as a, as a transfer, uh, a PayPal online checkout. So you're using PayPal uh, to check out uh, and purchase things. Um, it sucks transact and you know sucks the funds out of your out of your business checking account that comes in as a as a transfer or a legitimate you know bank transfer savings and and checking. And what happens? Uh, here's what should happen: the transfer gets added from bank account number one, and then you go to the other bank account that's connected to the bank feed, and the transaction will match uh, from from that bank account. So uh, you know you add from one and then it gets matched to the other. But what tends to happen, what really happens is that both transactions get added, but on the opposite sides of the transaction and you end up having duplicate transfers, but the opposite transactions are reconciled. <laughs> so this, get, this gets quite a, an entanglement to untangle. Uh, so here we have, you know, uh, why it happens. So uh, there, Usually there are uh, rules at play and there are actually two kinds of rules when we talk about rules inside of QuickBooks Online, the bank fee. Uh, so there's smart renaming rules uh, that you don't have any control over. That is um, QuickBooks learning. <laughs> uh, so as you in interact with a, with a transaction, QuickBooks is going to re remember that. And this is kind of like the uh, you know, two or three times of you interacting with the transaction. And then eventually it's going to come up to a suggested bank rule and the bank rules, uh, you know, the renaming rules and the, and the rules that you enter inside of the bank feed. Um, first, they're suggested. Um, and usually you may see that when you have, uh, you know, like the third time that you've done the same transaction. And, uh, and then you'll get a pop up inside of QuickBooks Online that says, Hey, do you want to do this every time? Um, and you can do that and, and say yes or no. Uh, but one of the one of the options there on on a rule inside of QuickBooks is to auto add uh, that rule. Uh, so sometimes they're mistakenly added. So uh, here we see on the on the screenshot here, you, you're at the mercy, or QuickBooks is going to be at the mercy of the bank detail the first time, right? So it's going to try to figure out exactly what this transaction is based on the information from the bank detail. So in this case, it's a PayPal instant transfer. It doesn't even come in with a whole, <laughs> with a whole transfer in, in the bank download. So it's gonna try to figure out what that actually is. You can tell that this is an instant transfer from PayPal, right? And that would be one of those situations where they maybe checked out uh, and bought something through PayPal so PayPal, the, the bank connection is going to actually record the expense, but this transfer of the funds actually coming out of the tied bank account, uh, that's, the, that's the transfer. But typically, the first when it recognizes that there's a transfer, because there is the word TRNSFE in the bank detail, it's going to record it as a transfer or suggest to record it as a transfer. Uh, in the bank feeds, there are four options, you know, categorizing, finding a match, or just matching directly, uh, recording as a transfer, and then the newer transaction of recording as a credit card payment, um, which is essentially a transfer, but it's also, but it's a, a specific transaction type uh, that allows, you know, business owners to recognize that this is actually a, you know, a credit card payment. 
the first time that a transfer comes in, it doesn't know what to transfer it to. So it's going to put it to the uncategorized asset, which going back to the, um, the original uh, overview that Michelle was showing, uh, uncategorized asset may be a transaction. Now you know why it's, those transactions are getting in there is because QuickBooks doesn't know how to categorize those things initially. And then maybe they just get added uh, through the bank fee. So how to correct it. Uh, first, you want to do first thing you want to do is check the rules. Uh, you want to look at the rules section. So when you're on the banking tab inside of QuickBooks Online, uh, look in the the banking rules. Uh, there'll be banking rules, receipts, and tags. Uh, just click on the rules section and it'll list every explicit rule that will be listed there. So you look for the rules that are set to auto add uh, because if you correct this and you have a rule that's set to auto add, you're just, again, another dog chasing its tail <laughs> by correcting this, uh, this duplicate transaction is just going to put it, put it back. I, I had a client that, that had an auto rule, you know, so I've learned to learn this the hard way. Um, they had, uh, I'm trying to think now it's like about five different bank accounts and to avoid bank service charges and fees, they had to set up auto transfer. So there was a, a quagmire of transfers <laughs> that were just happening between accounts. And they were uh, originally, they were all the same amount. So it made it a, a horrible trying to figure out which, which transaction was which uh, so that they were nice enough to change the transfers uh, amount. So I knew which, which transaction, uh, which transfer was supposed to be for what account, but they had these trans uh, these rules set up to auto add. So when I would fix it, it would just come right back. And then I'd have this duplicate transaction again. So check the rules um, and then confirm that those rules are entered properly. So um, desktop doesn't have the auto add uh, functionality. So you don't have that, but you do have rules inside of, inside of QuickBooks desktop. So you can check those rules and see if it's uh, helping or hurting uh, the situation. And then you want to identify the duplicate in the register. Uh, so my suggestion is just edit the memo to identify which transaction is which. Um, so in this case, we have uh, two trans two transfers. Uh, I just marked them one as transfer one, and then uh, marked the second one as transfer two. So that way, you know you're looking at you know which tr which transfer you're actually looking at because when you drill in on these transfers, they look identical uh, because the same feed is is pulling in the same amount. Uh, from from the bank feed, you know, what you should actually see is when you go into uh, the transfer and they're connected to two different accounts, you should see both uh, both online banking transactions. This uh, green icon here uh, should be showing that they're both they're both matched. Uh, but when you actually go into one, you see one one side, and when you go into the other, you see the other side. Uh, so what you want to do is is delete the duplicate. Um, in the register, uh, in the bank feed. So if there is a tied uh, bank feed transaction, that's going to show back up in the for review section inside of your banking. Um, and then you want to re-reconcile the outstanding transaction uh, because whichever side doesn't have the bank feed attached and matched, then it's going to need to be re-reconciled because you've deleted a reconciled transaction. Um, so you can do that in the red in the register or do a mini reconciliation. Uh, if you're in QuickBooks desktop, you need to re-reconcile or do a, a, a quick 
re-reconciliation of the, just that outstanding transaction. Uh, and I've included a link there to the QuickBooks article about how to do those uh, mini reconciliations here in the handouts. Uh, so misapplied payments. So that's the next thing that we want to talk about as a common uh, situation. This is uh, this happens uh, oftentimes when a when a payment is misapplied to the incorrect customer. Uh, Michelle and I were talking about this, and it was uh, sometimes a situation where they have the same amount or, or a common amount for for multiple clients, uh, and then maybe they're coming in through the bank feed. And well, I think that was for. Um, you know, in this case, uh, uh, Amy's Bird Sanctuary, and it was actually posted to Bill's windsurf shop. Um, you know, the payment, payment can't be corrected because it's already been deposited. Uh, QuickBooks Online, the bank feed is nice enough uh, to be able to, for you to actually apply to uh, open invoices uh, or, or undeposited funds uh, right from the bank feed. But if you got the wrong customer on it, you can't make that change after you've recorded it. Uh, so much like what, uh, what we were talking about cleaning up the, un, uh, the undeposited funds, you have to edit the deposit, add the deposit to amount and delete the payment, like uncheck it. But the main thing that we wanna make sure is we, we, we wanna make sure that the deposit total doesn't change. And then that preserves the reconciliation status um, and then doesn't show up as a, as a, 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 you know, when you go to reconcile the following month that this transaction was modified, uh, thus leading you down a rabbit hole that you didn't need to go into. Uh, but then you edit the payment to post it to the correct customer and then edit the deposit, you know, reverse the change that you had made. So you edit the deposit and, and the payment to delete that additional uh, deposit amount. Um, so, this is, a, this is a screenshot or an example of that you cannot edit the payment that's already been deposited. Uh, you get the something's not quite right message because it's already been deposited. You can't change uh, Amy's Bird Sanctuary to, to Bill's Surf Shop. Um, so here you, here's a, an example of, of you uncheck uh, Bill's Windsurf Shop uh, and then add that temporary uh, line to maintain the deposit balance. And then you can edit the payment and correct, the, uh, correct it to this, the right customer. And then you get a message, you know, that you will allow that to, uh, you know, confirm that. And then you edit the payment uh, to the correct, uh, correct customer, put it back in undeposited funds. And then you edit the deposit and remove that temporary line by clicking on the little uh, trash can. It's not a present. People used to think that was a present. <laughs> it's actually supposed to be a garbage can there on the right side to delete <laughs> that line item. All right. And then lastly, kind of coming in for a landing here of common issues and how to, how to fix them. Uh, negative account balances. Uh, so these are, um, this is a clue, right? Um, you're going to find this again in the, uh, in the overview section. Uh, you don't want to see um, negatives on your on your balance sheet um, for uh, assets and, and liability, with the exception of accumulated depreciation. I mean, that is a negative asset or contra asset account. So um, if you see accounts that you expect to have a negative uh, balance, great. This is a, this, you know, check this one off the list. <laughs> but if you see a um, 
uh, an account in here that you didn't expect to have a negative uh, negative balance. Um, and sometimes those negative balances play a little trick on you because credit card, uh, on if you look at the chart of accounts in QuickBooks Online, credit card accounts show as a negative balance, but that's just because it's a liability and there's a, there's a negative associated with that, but it's actually a positive liability balance. Uh, so that will show up here in the, uh, in the overview uh, when you're looking at, at this uh, screen. Now in QuickBooks Desktop, I just wanted to pop back, pop over here. This is the client data review. And again, we, we have that link to the, the accountant tools uh, so we can show you, you know, so that you can see all of the, you know, we go dive in a little bit about these, about using these tools. Uh, but there is a troubleshooting the prior account balances uh, tool, which will put a moment, you know, in, when you do a client data review in desktop, uh, it will kind of put that um, stamp, that date stamp of when you've, when you've, rec uh, not necessarily what you've reconciled, but that you've reviewed the client's books. So changes that they've made after you've reviewed it uh, will show up here uh, for every uh, balance sheet account. And you can actually drill in on the uh, on what the changes actually were. Uh, so just like a uh, an opening balance uh, link there, that's when you go to reconcile, uh, this will do it for all balance sheet accounts. So it's a handy tool to actually have uh, in use, and you can use that in your QuickBooks Online, or I'm sorry, QuickBooks Desktop Accountant, or if you're uh, a, a Desktop Pro Advisor, you can see these tools inside of your QuickBooks uh, on your clients' QuickBooks if you, you know, remote it into their uh, to their their version. Uh, you can sign into your Pro Advisor uh, account and see those tools uh, directly in the Pro or Premier versions, even not being on a on an accountant version. Hey, Dan. All right. Yeah. Okay. So I, I'm, that was great. So Julie had a question that relates to that. Um, you mm -hmm. can put it back up for a second if you want. So if a company pays out more from a liability account, like let's say registration fees that they collected and remitted, um, so they pay out more than they collected, they're going to have a negative balance in the liability account. They're saying how to fix it. Just because there's a negative balance there, it may be right. If they actually paid yeah. out more than they collected – then you want to find out why, why did they pay out more than they collected? You know, if I paid a hundred dollars and you refund me $200, I'll do that all day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so something's wrong in that situation. Um, again, I think someone uh, knocked over the cell phone tower uh, <laughs> by, by your house, they, Michelle. I, I can't hear you at all. <laughs> there you are. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was strange. It just kicked me all out totally. Um, wow. <laughs> it, anyway, I was saying look in the registers for activity. Look in the undeposited funds register, see if things are going in and out. Look at the credit card account, make sure payments are going in there, not just charges all the time. Look at the sales payments are getting posted in there. Go look at the, the fixed assets. Did depreciation get recorded? Go look at the loans. Did they get the loan payments recorded or did they post? not reducing liability accounts. So go review all of your balance sheet accounts. And if there's something that you don't know, you know, what is this? Is this accurate? You know, then it's time to start asking questions and fixing, you know, like that one person that had a huge balance in undeposited funds on the balance sheet 
And she didn't ask, you know, what is this? Is this legit or not? And it was off by hundreds of thousands of dollars. So investigate those balance sheet balances and look at the registers for activity to help you to identify other mistakes that may have been made um, throughout the year. Got it. Sorry. Uh, that's okay. <laughs> I don't know why I'm having such tech issues today, but it's very stressful. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So we may we may uh, we may close up a little bit uh, earlier today. <laughs> Just call this one a day and uh, call this the QB Power Fifty Minutes. Uh. <laughs> or or you all can type your questions in there quickly since Dan and I do have a few extra minutes here. If you've got something you want us to show you how to fix it and things like that, let us know. Um, but hopefully these things were helpful to you. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, this uh, there's 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 a there's definitely a lot more time <laughs> we could just go on for for days you know with uh, talking about the things that you know clients do and how we fix them um one of the things that i wanted to mention about the the upcoming um uh, webinars uh, beginning in february there's going to be some um uh, some announcements about some qboa updates and um, we can't talk about them now because they have, you know, Intuit hasn't announced it yet. But um, Michelle and I are actually going to be the first webinar to to talk about these even before Intuit. So um, they're going to make an announcement <laughs> in, in the early part of February and uh, mid-February. We may actually have a, um, uh, a chance to, to, to talk to Ted, who's the new, uh, new accountant uh, leader for, for Intuit. Uh, so hopefully we can find time in his his schedule for him to come in and, and uh, just to kind of introduce himself. So definitely put some time on your on your calendar uh, for uh, September. Or I'm sorry, uh, February 16th. Uh, that's the webinar where we're talking about the QBOA uh, QBOA updates, and then we'll take some. Uh, there'll be another series of deep, deeper dives into the into some of these QuickBooks Online advanced features. Um, and, and how to utilize them. So, yeah, we, it looks like we had uh, uh, some good folks here, uh, good turnout and, uh, and learned something new today. Uh, so about 90%. <laughs> so uh, Michelle, any, 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 anything in the, the chat or, or, or uh, question? Yeah. Yeah. Made? So, so somebody's asking about the bottom line number in undeposited funds on a balance sheet. When you see that number on the balance sheet, those are funds that are sitting in undeposited funds. So at year in, they truly may have received three checks, five checks. They may have some payments that they received that they're waiting to bank, take to the bank to make one deposit. So that's okay. But if they have, you know, 289 undeposited funds payments sitting there, they probably are not doing it right. If you look in the undeposited funds register, you should see things coming in and going back off and they get checked off. So you can go in and filter for the cleared status of open um, and see what is outstanding um, in undeposited funds. And that helps you to see. Also, when you go in to make a deposit, look at the top part of that deposit slip and you'll see all the payments sitting in undeposited funds. You have to check those 
to get them out of there. You can't fix them any other way. That's why the fix that we were showing you is to do a $0 deposit to get them out of there. Okay, so hopefully that Undeposited helps. funds is one of those weird accounts that has special functionality tied to it. And it's uh, misunderstood by, uh, by, by, by business owners and, and clients and as, as well as, as accountants and bookkeepers sometimes. <laughs> but knowing that, that it has that special functionality of if you've recorded a, a payment into un, undeposited funds, only a deposit will remove it out. Um, and so you have to use that, that transaction type to, to really clear it out. Uh, just like uh, applying a payment to an invoice, you have to connect those two together. You know, you, just having them going in and out of the same account, uh, you know, that's, I was talking that's to somebody connect. earlier today, yeah. that's, that's like a man and a woman living in sin, right? They, they're just living together in the same, same location. You gotta, you gotta have a justice of the peace, ordain the marriage <laughs> and tie them together. No man take asunder at that point. I, I like uh, Diana's comment. I rename it to little blue bank bag and clients then understand it. I love Yeah. Yeah, that's a that's a great best practice. And I have seen this um, on the various Facebook groups. Can you explain how the Intuit login is, especially for the new desktop companies? A lot of chatter on that. How to set up the admin user and how to set up the regular users. That's a big one I've been seeing a lot of discussion about on Facebook. Do you want to address yeah. that? Yeah, actually, right after the power hour today, um, I'm going to be doing a remote session with a with a client that I I set I. I inadvertently set myself up as the admin. <laughs> so I'll know more in about an hour uh, how to correct that. Um, but there are, uh, there are ways uh, now, I think uh, originally when it came out, um, you had to sign in and, uh, you know, accountants and bookkeepers who were setting up uh, the, the, the account, the account or the company file for the client uh, ended up get, becoming the admin of the, um, of, of that company ID uh, with it, with Intuit. Uh, but there are ways now to uh, manage those permissions. Um, now, uh, when you set up, you, you should be able to choose the option. I'm setting it up for somebody else, uh, which should then send them an inv invitation so that they, uh, just like a master admin of QuickBooks Online, uh, which should allow that person to basically take, take control of their own company. Um, but yeah, I'll... Uh, I'll definitely share my experience uh, right after the <laughs> right after the <laughs> webinar today on how to how to sort out that mess uh, when you inadvertently <laughs> do that uh, because they couldn't create um, they, they they contacted me because they can't create users uh, because I'm in their way <laughs> uh, so we want to want to get that create, uh, corrected for them. Wonderful. All right. Well, I'll tell you, but I, I don't know if you know the answer to this one or not, Dan. What's the current status of which account to post PPP loan forgiveness account amount to other income? I'm not sure. I have not been staying mm -hmm. up on all the PPP. I know um, Matt and uh, Hector have Both been and them. things like that. Mm -hmm. um, but you, you definitely would want to set an account up called PPP loan forgiveness. I think other income would be appropriate. It's not a normal course of your business. Um, and you can always reclassify that later if need be. Um, anything else, Dan, that you want to add before we finish up here? No, I think uh, I think we we covered a lot of a lot of bases, and uh, I, I 
the the, the technical issues. I appreciate you all uh, bearing <laughs> yes. bearing with uh, the, the the spottiness there, um, but um, we yeah, made it continue. through. <laughs> <laughs> we did. Uh, if you have uh, specific questions, you know, put it in the uh, the Facebook group, and and uh, we we all can we all can help each other. Yes. So. All right. Help. Hopefully you guys all have a great day. Hopefully you learned something that will help you. Remember the certification training also covers some other great things in there that if you need some more help with stuff at year end. Um, but hopefully Dan and I covered some stuff that will help you out as you go through year end. And thank you all for joining us. We appreciate it. Everybody have a great day and stay safe and healthy. All right. We'll see you next time on the, on the QB Power Hour. We hope you enjoyed listening to the QB Power Hour podcast. If you have any questions, feel free to ask them in our Facebook group. You can find those resources and much more at qbpowerhour.com.